Take your Bible, if you would, please. And let's turn to the book of Timothy, 1 Timothy, if you would, please. And this morning, what a great message our pastor preached. And I, uh, I so agree with what he said and uh, appreciate what he said. <clears throat> I'm going to take the tape home and make sure my wife listens to it again. I think it would benefit me if she had listened to it a little bit. And uh, this morning, he said he wasn't going to talk about money. Well, tonight, I'm not either. Isn't that a blessing? This is stewardship month. So I'd like to just read you a couple of verses out of the book of First Timothy chapter number 6. It'd be all right. Every once in a while, you out visiting, I'll see on a fence before I go into the yard. Beware, man-eating dog. And you open the fence, and a poodle runs out. Many times, as you go down the highway, you'll see construction signs warning ahead construction all through life we're always reading warning signs and tonight I'd like to help you a little bit avoid some things that uh, is very dangerous and very apt to catch you I'll begin reading if it would be all right about verse 6 of First Timothy chapter number 6. The Bible says, But godliness with contentment is great gain. Very few folk today know too much about contentment. Uh, we watch our television advertisements I was watching a movie yesterday. Uh, it's a kind of a, a spiritual movie, Hatfield and McCoys. I'll swear if they didn't show two minutes of film and 10 minutes of advertisements. I finally got mad, not the fleshly kind of mad, you know, religiously kind of mad turned the dumb thing off and went outside. Not because I didn't like the movie, I didn't like the commercials. Everybody's trying to program us today. And if they want, if they'll do anything, they'll try to get us in a state to where regardless of what's coming down the pike, it's not enough. You'd be happier with just a little more or something different, maybe a different color automobile, maybe just a little bigger house. And you don't really keep the one you've got clean, but you want a big one. Amen. A faster car, a cuter pup, a different color cat. Kids that can't talk. <laughs> right? Uh, another vacation. Maybe a different vacation. Instead of saying this week, let's go jump in the snow next week. We just are not content. We're as nervous as a cat room, of, a cat full, a room full of cats in a room full of rocking chairs. We just are not content. And so the Bible says, godliness with contentment is great gain. Now here's a great truth. If you don't believe it, just go down to the hospital where the babies are kept. For we brought nothing into this world and it's certain we can carry nothing out. 
Boy, I wish we could get a hold of that. If we get a hold of that, we could probably learn to be content with what we've got. Amen. And having food and raiment, let us be therewith content. But they that will be rich fall into temptation and a snare. Now, if you don't know anything about snares, it's a trap. You understand what I'm talking about? It's a trap that catches the victim around the neck. And the more the victim tries to get loose, the tighter the snare becomes. Until eventually, the snare claims the victim, and the victim is killed. Dead. And they that will be rich, notice the word, fall. Fall into temptation and a snare. And many foolish and hurtful lust, which drown men in destruction and perdition. Every trap needs a bait. The snare is camouflaged. The snare is not recognizable. The snare is so placed that the avenue by which you get to the bait behind the snare directs its victim directly to the bait and the victim says look what I have got and then the snare answers look what I got what in the world do you think the devil has baited your snare with? What is it that's got America's undivided attention? What is it that's killing our churches, ruining our homes, Capturing our kids. What is it? If you were the devil, what would you use on you? What's the big deal about the upcoming election? What is everybody concerned about? They're not concerned about my health because nobody has written. I bet they're not concerned about yours either because you haven't gotten any good whale cards. If you were the devil, what would you bait the trap to catch you and sidetrack you, keep you out of church, keep you out of a living, vital relationship and fellowship with our... What would you use? For the love of money is the root of all evil. This morning, Andrew said, I'm not going to talk about money. Tonight, I am going to talk about money. And if it makes you mad, you can go to the bathroom now and come back when I finish. Please turn the light out when you leave the bathroom because it costs money. <laughs> to help you, not me. 
and to help me, not you. Let's you and I talk about how in the world we can avoid the money trap. Because they that will be rich, didn't I read that? Fall into temptation. Here's a question for you. I'd like, to answer, like for you to answer it. What do you think that the favorite pastime of teenage girls really is? A poll was recently taken and 93% of teenage girls would rather go shopping than anything else in the world. Even more than dating. Speaks a lot about you guys. <laughs> One father said, if his teenage girls don't go to the mall within three days, they send them a get well card. <laughs> and this unhealthy disease has caught all of us. The love of money is the root, the beginning place, the mother of all evil. If you watch television and you see the corruption that is going on politically, religiously, domestically, it'll all get back to just trace the money. The first church I pastored, the treasurer told me, he said, preacher, and I was just 26, had hair down to here. Preacher, I'm not happy without I have something to complain about. I kept that sucker happy for three years. Then I fired him. Isn't it amazing when people get to think that God's money is their money? Just because they write a check occasionally, they're in charge. The love of money is the root of all evil. The Bible goes on to say, which while some coveted after, they have erred from the faith. You know, I don't talk about money. I don't talk about loving money. I, I, I don't want to talk about filthy lucre. I want to talk about your love affair. Aired from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. What a, what a tragic, tragic scripture for you and I to contemplate this evening. Could I please ask you to turn to 1 John, and I'd like to read for you just a couple of verses, if I could. First John chapter number two. Would you turn there with me, please? First John chapter number two. <laughs> please let me say to you tonight, I don't need your money. I don't want your money. If I had it, I'd probably waste it. So my message tonight is not that I might pluck you like a turkey rode into town. My aim tonight is to help you with your love affair. The Bible says in 1 John chapter 2 and verse 15, what's this? 
Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man, watch this, love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Notice the term love the world, love the Father, love of money. You see that? Uh, we're free to love any of those we want. Sometimes it can be very dangerous as to who we really love. And for that, uh, I turn to the book of Matthew, chapter number 6. And I, I, I find here that in Matthew, chapter number 6, and verse 24, I read for you, just a little bit here. The Bible said, uh, no man can serve two masters for either he will hate the one and love the other or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. We usually serve who we love. We are usually faithful to what or who we love. And here we see the Bible says we can either love the world or we can love money. Is that what it says? So could I please ask you in the same book, Matthew, go to chapter 22, if you would please. And we see an admonition, a command, and you probably know well, we're going, the Bible says in verse 36 of Matthew 22, the Bible says, Master, which is the great commandment in the law? And Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all of thy heart and with all of thy soul with all thy mind. Now this is the first and great commandment. Do you think maybe if it's the first and great commandment, it might be kind of important? Do you think maybe that the creator knows more than the created? Do you think maybe there might be a warning sign for the child of God? Don't fall in love with the world. You think maybe there might be something to this saying, be careful with money. It's a trap. Money can buy everything except what makes you happy. It can buy a house, but it cannot buy a home. It can buy a doctor, but it cannot buy health. It buys vitamins, but you're going to die anyhow. And we might as well be healthy when we die. Amen. We might as well be able to do jumping jacks when we die, Billy. So uh, I got some vitamins I'd like to sell you. The love of money has ruined more churches wreck more families enslaved more children caused more divorces made addicts out of more people has ruined more than I could ever imagine a night Money has not, 
the love of money has. My ancient granny, I don't know how old she was. She looked like she was about 200 when she died. The older she got, the less she cussed. You always do that when you're getting that ready for heaven. Amen. Even when her mind was gone, she would quote this verse, but she'd always leave out the love. Even when her mind was absolutely gone, my granny Fleety would say, now Gene, remember, money is the root of all evil. You don't need to leave that love out of that deal. Could I ask you tonight, how's your love life? I could tell you in the morning when we start looking at the giving records. This week I'll be doing, we'd be doing the budget for the entire year. Preacher, why do you look to check your spiritual barometer? I don't need to look at your checkbook. I don't need to be a psychiatrist. I can tell your spiritual barometer by your given record. Now, if it's getting kind of tight where you are, it's because I planned it that way. You're not hurting anybody but yourself. If you're head over heels in love with money. I can tell you what's down the path, sorrow. You can't handle the temptation of not having some more junk. Have you heard anything on the news about the economy? Have you heard anything like that? Oh, we have such a great economy. Aren't you glad we have such a wonderful economy? That's the big issue. But with issues, there are always problems. And the problem is easy credit. Has anybody here got a credit card offer this week? In the mail. Your credit stinks. But still you get 1,900 offers of credit cards every week. The average American adult receives 32 offers for credit cards per year. Regardless of their credit status. Yeah. It's almost like your vehicle warranty. Can you imagine? Average American family, it is said, has four credit cards and each one of them with about $9,000 worth of credit on each one. And if you pay those off at the recommended rate that the credit company suggests, it will take you approximately, think about this now, approximately 42 years to pay it off. If you pay the minimum payment. You owe $9,000 on each card. Take you 42 years to pay it off. And each one 
$14,500 is what you'll pay them off with. And yet, charge it. Until we can't afford to do with money what God wants done with money. Is anybody here? I really don't want to make anybody mad, but I sure would like to help some of you, especially young folk who think you ought to have what mom and daddy has in six months. So I, I just like thought I'd stop by tonight and talk to you about the root, the beginning place of all evil. Don't you feel a lot better when you got a lot of it in your pocket? Go on and say, go ahead and be honest. Sure you do. It's just like drugs. You ever notice that? The more you got, the better you feel. Yeah. But I say to you again tonight, all these many years in the ministry, I don't know of any one thing, not drugs, alcohol, not even immorality. I don't know anything that has hurt more people and caused havoc with their Christian experience, caused them to backslide, complain, blame somebody else, and get out of church more than the love of money. Now, you're not talking to a guy that hadn't been around the barn but once. I've been around the barn so many times the corners wore off the barn. Well, all a preacher preaches on is money. That's a stinking lie. You just happened to come while I hit it. The one time you came, you just got in on the show. I don't know of anything that has wrecked more homes Mama goes to work because they need more money. Mama begins to make more money than the husband. Now they got something to argue about. My money and your money. My account and your account. Because neither one of you is no account. Come on now. My credit card, your credit card. See, look there. It ain't got your name on it. It's got my name on it. That's when I break in and say, well, you pay the dumb thing then. I don't know of any one thing in the ministry. And I've been in church fights where you almost need a gun. I've been voted in, voted out. Confronted right in the pull, right in the right during the message while I'm preaching, somebody stand up. That's a lie. I just kept preaching. They just kept standing. I prayed. We dismissed. Left the sucker standing there. So I read in Matthew 15 today, verse 27. He that is greedy of gain trouble his own house. He that is greedy of gain, he who has fallen deeply in love with money, does not bless his house, does not increase his house, but troubleth his house. How many believe the word of God? Yeah. Come on, you really believe the word of God? Yeah. Then you need to listen tonight, not because I am preaching it, but because it's true. You, you need to learn tonight that how many marriages have been ruined because of money? Dear Lord, I've never seen so much greed and so much disagreement on money. 
How many innocent children do you think that the love of money has enslaved? Through child pornography. Through children kidnapped and sold into slavery. You don't like to hear about it. It's grotesque to even think about it. But how many do you think tonight because of the love of money has enslaved innocent little children? Dear God, I'd like to be on the judgment seat when that bunch gets to heaven or hell, wherever they go. No, I don't want to be in hell judging nobody. Take that back, Lord. I think I'll just go to heaven. You do that judging. (laughs) How much money do you think our Republican and our Democratic elected officials have made off of unwarranted, unneeded wars? How many poppy fields do you think have been bought by taxpayer money? How many kickbacks do you think our officials have received over giving loans and grants to other countries? The love of money is the root of all evil, ladies and gentlemen. Tonight, don't fall into that trap. You say, well, I don't have much money. Good. Then the temptation is gone. Can you imagine tonight how many churches have closed tonight because members got the slanted idea that it's their money and not God's money. That they have their own talents, their own abilities and they made it themselves and it's theirs. Boy, you've done fallen headlong into the snare And it's choking you to death spiritually. You haven't had a spiritual thought in months. You just show up. Just to show up. Boy, that's a real Christian experience, isn't it? Oh, dear Lord. Preacher, you ought not preach on money. No, I'll preach on money every Sunday as silent as getting in here. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all of thy heart and all of thy soul. How many churches do you think the love of God is fixed up? How many wayward marriages, husbands and wives who got sidetracked, started going in different directions, and one day they met Jesus and fell in love with God, and now their home is happy, and the kids can sing, Oh, how I love Jesus. Ensued a womp, bop, a loop, loop, whop, bam, boom, boy. I think that's an old song anyhow, ain't it? You remember it? You've never been there, right? No. Nope. I'm the only one hanging around jukeboxes, right? Yeah. Tonight I'm preaching online. <laughs> you listening to me now? Listen, I'm not trying to help me. Bless your heart. I've got more money than Ginger will ever spend. Because I told her I'd shoot her if she spent it. How many marriages do you think the love of God is fixed up? How many little boys and girls do you think has had their emotions healed and soothed because of the love of God? How many husbands and wives tonight can look at each other genuinely and say, Honey, I love you. I love you because the Lord loves us both. Oh, could I help you tonight? How many hurts have been healed through the love of God? How many saintly widows realize God loves them because... God's people loves them and wants to help them. How many churches have been built because of the love of God? Oh, I'd just like to help you tonight. Look at verse 10 in closing. You say, you're going to close? Yeah. Can't take too much of this. Too much of this will clabber a lot of Christians. Notice what it says 
It says for the love of money, the love of money. Can you imagine? Is the root of all evil. Notice in the first place I'd like to show you the desire for money. Verse 10 says, Money can be loved. The love of money. Well, you and I are admonished by the word of God to guard tenaciously against the excessive attention and love and feeling for money. We are admonished and are encouraged to be mindful of the danger of the love and the overattention given to money. You said, now, preacher, money don't bother me. That's the first lie. You see, I've got this wallet that David Hayes gave me years ago. Little sucker didn't put any money in it, just gave me the wallet. And every time I pull it out, I can't help but thinking of David. So I'm going to throw the wallet away. And it's made out of, uh, what's them boots made out of? Made out of ostrich skin. Evidently, David loved money more than he loved ostriches. Now, it's an expensive wallet, so he said. But if there's no money in it, I don't even care where the sucker is. I just leave it laying around anywhere. Get my drift. But you put a $100 bill in it, and I'll know where it is all the time. You put five $100 bills in it, I'll keep it in my pocket. You put five more in it, I keep my hand on my pocket. You put five more in it, I got my hand on my gun and my hand on my pocket. Don't tell me. Money does not gather your attention. For where your treasure is, there will your hand be also. Are you listening to me? Hmm? If you've got money in the stock market, you watch the ticker tape on a regular basis. And if the stock market drops, you begin to cuss Trump. If it goes up, he's your hero. Are you listening? The Bible is warning us, don't fall in love with money. Because it is the devil's trap and it will snare you and you will find fault every time the preacher mentions materialism, money, tithing, or stewardship. We are warned about the desire for money. Notice not only the desire, love of money, notice the deception of money. The deception is seen 
in verse number 9. And they that will be rich fall into temptation and a snare. I wonder, could we live on what we were making 10 years ago? Could I get a holy grunt, please? Could we live comfortably like we did 10 years ago Or have we fallen into this trap? We got a raise, so let's spend it. After all, nothing down and no interest? Why, what's 84 months? What's 84 months? After all, we're not paying any interest. So they said. And there's nothing down. It's not going to cost us anything. No, you just got trapped. And once you sign that contract, they begin to pull that snare. (laughs) And you begin to jump. Financially, have you heard my story about the car with the turkey on the hood? Didn't they used to Pontiac used to make a car with a turkey on the hood? Any you remember those? I, didn't they call them Transams? Charlie, is that what they call them? Is that like the one you got? <laughs> I just, I just wondered, Charlie, just that. Boy, those things were hot numbers, son. They had more horsepower than you can imagine. Can you imagine buying one of those with a turkey on the hood, making five payments and realizing the turkey's not on the hood, he's behind the wheel? The devil is not out of turkeys. We fall in this temptation. We can afford it because we got a raise. We get another raise, we need a bigger house. Another raise, how about a pool? I got a pool I'd like to sell you. If you buy the concrete, we'll both fill that sucker up. How many of God's people fallen into the trap so where we're so over the head we can't afford to be obedient to God and when we get over our heads so deep we cannot be obedient to God we have become disobedient to God and God cannot bless disobedience all of God's people said Notice the desire for money, the deception of money, and verse 10, the destruction of the love of money. For the run of, for the love of, something, for the love of money is the root of all evil, which while some coveted after, They have erred from the faith. Look around tonight. Just look around at the empty pews. The message has not changed. The messenger has not changed. The method has not changed. The hearts of God's people have changed. And you want to know the root cause? 
fell in love with the wrong servant. In love with money. Love of things. In love of themselves. And you put her down. Payday. Someday. They staggered into my office. Preacher, I don't know what happened. We just grew apart. Tell you what happened. Begin to chase the buck instead of serving the Lord. Begin to enjoy God's blessings at God's expense. Begin to be elsewhere when God says we ought to be together. Well, it won't hurt me. Yes, it will hurt you. You can already tell it on your face. It's already taken a vote. But you don't understand. You understand the Bible said you either love God or you love money. You serve one and you serve the other. You cling to one and you flee from the other. The snare is tightening slowly around the neck of American Christians. And we're filled now with sorrow Oh, God help us tonight. Someone has said, and I don't know if it's true or not, credit cards allow you to start at the bottom and dig a hole you can't get out of. Amen. All because of the love of money. A good clue that you're in danger of the money trap is you find it hard to give it away. Did you hear me? The very first person ever to reach the status of a billionaire was a man who knew how to set goals and follow through. At the age of 23, he had become a millionaire. At the age of 50, a billionaire. To do that, every decision, every attitude, and every relationship was tailored to create his personal power and more wealth. But three years after he had become a billionaire at the age of 53, he became very, very ill. You get three guesses and none of them has been right yet. His entire body became racked with pain. They could not figure out what was wrong with him. His hair began to fall out. In complete agony, the world's only billionaire could buy anything he wanted except his health. He could only digest milk and crackers. What a terrible, terrible life it must have been. An associate wrote that he could not sleep he would not smile. Nothing in life meant anything to him. His personal, highly skilled physicians predicted he would die in a year. A billionaire. Some of those miserable men I have ever met have been wealthy men. I've not seen many wealthy men die with a smile on their face. That year of his 53rd year, he, his year was passed in agony. As he approached death, he awoke one morning with the vague remembrance of a dream that he had dreamed years ago. He 
He could barely recall the dream, but he knew that in the dream that he would not be able to take success with him to the grave. So he could control the business world but he could not control his own life and his own choices. So he called all of his attorneys and all of his accountants and his managers and announced that he wanted to channel all of his assets in different areas. He wanted to help hospitals research and mission work so he began to set up foundations to help hospitals, medical research, and missions. As he funded these institutions and the money that he gave helped discover such things as penicillin, cures for strands of malaria, cures for tuberculosis, and diphtheria. List of discoveries resulting from choices is enormous. But perhaps the most important thing that happened as he began to give his physical body chemicals begin to change. Isn't that amazing? He started the Rockefeller Foundation and he got better. And he who was supposed to die at 53 died at 98. I don't know what that has to do with you. but an attitude adjustment would change our facial expressions. And if it changes our facial expressions, it'll change the chemistry of our whole body. And you know what? God sees and God knows. God created us to be givers not takers. And he left us a pattern. He who has it all gave it all that we who had nothing might receive it all. Could I please warn you tonight beyond these walls are snares everywhere. They have them down at Walmart. Have them down at Target. They're everywhere. And they're put there to snare us, to choke us, to make us worthless in the cause of Christ. God help us to beware. <laughs>